Welcome to the Mental Arsenal Podcast, your go-to resource for creating an extraordinary life and business from the inside out. I am your host, Master Life Coach and Business Success Coach, Chris Acebu. This podcast is dedicated to helping purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs and ambitious people like you thrive in life and business by mastering the inner game. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. So since 2016, Mike has transformed his life from being a 300-pound suicidal and toxic drinker who got fired from two executive level positions within 20 months. And he transformed himself to a fit lover of life who runs a business named Inner Wealth Global, which owners resolve internal conflicts and create prosperity. So he's the founder and CEO, and his mission is to make the world a more loving place. He helps people attain exceptional levels of self-respect and personal dignity. Each day feeling significant, proud of themselves, and capable of achieving anything they desire without compromising or sacrificing themselves along the way. Welcome to the show, Mike. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on here and I'm excited to uh, uh, just share some time with you guys. Yeah, you have such an inspiring story. I mean, like, you know, coming from where you came from and then getting to where you are now. Can you share a little bit about what shifts happened maybe internally, mentally or emotionally that what was the tipping point that got you to change your life or to change the trajectory of your life? Yeah. So it, it I guess it starts, you know, back in the, the 1990s where I, I'm a Marine veteran as well in the United mm-hmm. States Marine Corps. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, I was a good Marine and I'm, I'm driven, I'm intense, I'm direct, uh, got a lot of fire inside. And I think that served me well in, in the Marine Corps, uh, in, in my, my Marine Corps roles. So, uh, but, when I left the Marine Corps, um, I, I jumped out into corporate America and and I started climbing the ladder and, and, the, and the ladder came really easily for me, Chris. Right? So it's like I kept being invited to the next level. It's not like I had to fight for promotions. I kept being invited to the next level and 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 I kept, you know, the, the, the amount of paychecks that were coming home were, were big and our net worth kept building and growing. And and there was there was a like a, an insatiable hunger that was inside of me. And I, I kind of got lost in that whole journey. So where the the. The next step was the goal, was the target. And I just kept climbing, climbing, climbing. And I had a, about a 16-year run, and it was a really successful run. Um, you know, flew all over the place, you know, to, to, to run $350 million organizations, $65 million organizations, you know, in the captain's seat and, and, and you know, from the, from the head of the table. And it was a lot of fun until the wheels fell off. And I kind of got lost in the case. And, and what I realized is I was so far out of alignment with who I am and what I really wanted in my life and what I really wanted my life to look like, I just got caught up in the chase for materials and wealth and titles and, and esteem and admiration from, from outside. And a, a good friend of mine says, I, I looked the part, but I wasn't the part, right? I, I mean, it was, it was like, I, I just it just kept looking good. And if you looked on social media, you know, my kids grew up in foreign countries where we were going on vacation and we had, you know, we had nice, nice house and a nice 
nice materials, but man, inside of my home was physically, mentally, emotionally abusive. It was, it was absolute chaos. My wife was in addiction. I was in addiction and there was just no peace, no harmony, no love. Right. Uh, We just, it was a really toxic environment. And the thing that was going to solve that toxic environment was another promotion was, it was another raise, right? It was another, it was another position, another title, another just, and we got lost in that literally. And, um, after, you know, I lost control of my health and I lost control of my drinking and I lost control of just the anger that I had locked up inside of me from, from being out of alignment for so long, you know, it all fell apart in 20 months and two jobs, uh, after a long successful run, I want to, I want to preface it. I had a nice run in corporate, um, twice in 20 months. Uh, I had nothing. The only, my, my entire identity was my income and my net worth. And both of those were property. So, um, I, I, I started, you know, <laughs> applying for jobs and calling, you know, executive recruiters. And I was the, uh, I was a runner up about four or five times. And I just, you know, I, my resume was Swiss cheese. And at that point, corporate wasn't having me back. And I, I, I asked myself that, that magical question, like, what do I really want to do? Not what do I have to do? What do I want to do? And and looking at my time in corporate and then my time in the Marine Corps, the only thing I ever, ever loved was developing people and developing teams. All the rest of it I did because I had to, not because I wanted to, right? Running PLs. Uh, I mean, just all the business pieces, the, you know, the the leading hundreds and hundreds of people. I didn't love that stuff. What I really loved was developing people and developing teams. And, and, uh, like I say, after I pulled the barrel, the gun out of my mouth and I didn't kill myself, I decided to never do anything that I don't, I don't love ever again. I mean, I'm on, I'm on like bonus time. This is, this is all bonus. I, I I'm not even supposed to be here. The barrel of the gun was inside my mouth. I mean, this is all, this is all bonus this is all like marshmallow on the ice cream. Right. So, or, or, or whipped cream on the ice cream. So it's like, what, what life I got the, the, you know, the, um, the opportunity to hit the reset and say, what, like, if I were building a life from the ground up, what would it, what would it look like? And what would my calendar look like? What would my days look mm. like? What, what, how do I serve? Who do I serve? What am I helping them with? Right. Like, how do I, how do I make them feel and help them feel? How do I feel? What does my body look like? I mean, it's just like resetting everything all at the same time. And it's been six years now. And uh, my wife is out of addiction. I'm out of addiction. We've got a great business. We've got employees. We, we travel to speak and I've got masterminds and I've got my podcaster as well. And it's like, sometimes I wake up and I sit and it's like, is this even freaking real? Like, how can this be real? How can, how can you live a life that, that you're excited to wake up? You don't have to wake up. You're excited to wake up and the first thought every morning is let's fucking go right it's like yeah. like that thought like like mm, this day is going to be awesome and i can't wait to live it so and and i i just help people live that kind of a life right so some of the people that i work with have seven eight nine years and they're still living a life of misery for no reason because it's unconscious that you can get off the wheel and just like really start sucking the marrow out of life instead of living like this this life of struggle and stress and conflict and drama that's been handed down from generation to generation that, that broke me from the inside out. And you mentioned in the introduction to your podcast that, you know, we, we rebuild, we live from the inside out. And it's like, if you're not living inside, you're, you're never really living outside. 
right? It's finding that inner wealth. And that's why the name of my company is Inner Wealth Global. Because once you find that wealth, it's in, locked inside of you. That's That's been there all the time. Like nothing else matters. You just You just get to live and you don't have to worry about anything else in your life. And I really mean that. When you find the wealth inside of you, all the rest of the problems tend to resolve themselves. Yeah. I really love that. Thanks so much for sharing the full context, the long version of how you got to where you are now. And I feel that more often than not, it's easy to overlook those trials and tribulations and just look at our current successes. But it's nice to look back and appreciate, not wallow, and acknowledge, wow, you went through all that. And I think it's more powerful that way. And it can really inspire people who may be going through what you were before. And I think that's really powerful. I, I, I like so many of the things that you shared. You talked about being out of alignment. And you even mm -hmm. mentioned you know, the tagline of the show, which is creating an extraordinary life and business from the inside out. Uh, because a lot of people really struggle with this. And this is almost a, an immutable law because that's always the direction through which we create our lives. It's always an inside out, never an outside in. Sure. And a lot of people get caught in trying to manipulate and change things on the outside, you know, trying to ga gain status and prestige and accumulate wealth and in order to have a rich inner life. But then that's not really how it works. And so... I really love how you shared about, you know, connecting with that inner wealth first, because when you're wealthy inside, then, you know, because creation is twofold, first in the mind, then in physical reality, when we are wealthy inside, we are wealthy on the outside. And I think for a lot of people, they might struggle with this concept too, but this is not about you know, Pollyanna or just being like positive or whatever. This is about like really creating an inner environment in your mind that is supportive and loving. And I think, I'm not sure if I'm speaking on your behalf, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But when you say wealth, it's not necessarily just financial wealth. I think when people say wealth, it's always like money. But wealth is all encompassing because you can have wealthy relationships. You can be wealthy in your health. You can be wealthy in your job. Is that right? I, I think wealth encompasses all of it, Chris. So, so yeah, I mean, and what, what I mean by that is, is think of, man, I don't use this a lot, but think of something as simple as a law of attraction, right? So, you know, it's very simple. When you feel wealthy inside opportunities to make money, Opportunities mm. for new business projects show up. Opportunities for new relationships, opportunities for new connections, they show up to to serve that feeling of wealth that you have. Mm, so yeah. it, it it's like it's like the universe. When you feel wealthy, when you feel successful, when you feel valuable, when you feel respectful, when you feel like on on your own without be, having that stuff attached to wealth, the entire universe conspires to support that feeling that's inside of you. Like everything, it, it's not Pollyanna, Pollyanna-ish, <laughs> but, but, it, but it, and it's not logical, but it, it's real. And mm. I, I mean, I've gotten to live that firsthand and see that all I need to do is build that feeling inside of me, that feeling of wealth, and then watch the opportunity show up and then just take, you know, take 
opportunities that show up, but they do show up, right? I live a life made, built for me, not built by me. I mean, it's beautiful. And, and when mm-hmm. I was, when I was building, when I was trying to build a life, then I was building in the wrong direction, but the opportunities that show up, the, the, uh, yeah, the relationships, I just, I, I mean, everything conspires to help you feed that feeling of wealth. So when you talk about, and, and have you ever heard the term woke and broke? Yes, Chris. I'm- okay. So if, if there's someone who's woke and broke, they're not really woke. That makes sense. Okay? Because, because what woke means is seeing that the universe is can and life itself works for you. And you're not, mm-hmm. you've learned how to, to harvest the joy from life and get out of life's way while it helps you in, in, in your, your goals and your vision and your mission and life again, life conspires you and backs you. The point is, is when we, when you said it yourself is we spend a lot of trying a lot, lot of time to manipulate the external world, manipulating money and businesses and relationships and what people say to change feelings inside of our body. To change thoughts and feelings. Like you have this, this layer of skin between you and, and your, you know, your in your vital organs. And then you have the skin and skin, you know, it, it protects you from the outside. But the point is, is we try to rearrange what's happening outside of us to control the thoughts inside of our body. But at any time, you can sit your ass on a couch and learn how to feel learn how to feel successful, learn how to feel loved, because that's really why you want all this stuff. Like, let's get to the the root of this. The reason that I always wanted a lot of money is because I wanted to feel loved. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to love. The reason that I wanted bigger titles is because I wanted to feel loved and I wanted to feel love. The reason I wanted a family wasn't just so I could have kids. I wanted to feel and I wanted to give love. So we want these things for an emotional payoff. You want a new car. You want new a new house. You want a bigger house. You want to travel. You want another common, another zero in your bank account. But you really don't want those things. You want the emotional payoff that you're going to get from mm-hmm. those things. When you identify the emotional payoff that you're trying to get, you can have that right now. And then when you learn to interact and engage and recalibrate yourself to that emotional payoff without or an external circumstance being the source of it, then it tends to show up more naturally and more prosperously in your life. And this is why, you know, what the, the Inner Wealth Global, we we help business owners resolve internal conflict and create prosperity, internal and external prosperity. But once we tap into the feeling of wealth inside of you, it's just a matter of time before wealth is going to show up in your external world too. Wow. That was so good. And I think you explained that beautifully. So actually, I want to go back a little bit earlier because you got to a point in your life where you ask yourself, I wouldn't say it's a tough question, but I think we unnecessarily make it tough. But on your end, you know, you're asking yourself, what do I really want? And, you know, with broke and woke too, I I really like how you share that. Like it's a dichotomy. It's an an oxymoron because you can't be woke and broke. Yeah, Um, yeah, that was was so good because like, I think for some people, because of perhaps the influence of, you know, religion, 
people tend to associate some sort of virtue with poverty, but that's not the impulse of the universe. The universe is abundant. The universe is ever expanding. You know, it's growing and growing and growing. And we share that impulse with the universe to expand. And the universe, like you said, it has back and it wants to support us achieve bliss and our greatest joy in our life or business. And so when we align ourselves with what we really want, the universe provides the means for which we can keep doing that. So if we, you know, like you said, like if we tune in on the feelings and, you know, get clear on what we really want, the universe sort of like supports it. And I really like you shared that it's, I forget the exact word, but it's like, it becomes not effortful. It's like effortless, like, it shouldn't be effortful or something like that. effortless effort, right? So yeah. it, when you're aligned, it's effortless effort. But but you know, going back, so it, I I don't want this to seem like it. I don't want it to burst to, to portray this like you you get out and you don't have any like you're living life and you have no obstacles and challenges. Look, obstacles and challenges are part of growth. They're part of life. They're opportunities for us to continue to expand physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially opportunities come up, challenges, obstacles for us to traverse because that that's how we increase our capacity, right? So we have yeah. a fine, like, think about this, like, look at, look at your physical health. Look at your, the, the amount of joy that you're, you're experiencing right now. Look at the amount of love you have in your life. Look at your, the size of your bank account. Look at the size of your business. Look, look at all these circumstances. That's, that's your container. That's your capacity for circumstances. And through challenges and obstacles, we increase the size of that container. And the universe does not like an empty space. So when we increase the, the, the size of that container and the capacity that we have for, you know, for love, for joy, for peace, for prosperity, for wealth, for success, when we expand the, 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 the size and the capacity of that container, the universe rushes to, to fill the void, right? And that's, but, but that comes through challenges and obstacles that comes through like meeting resistance and managing the resistance. Now notice I didn't say like running into it and beating the whatever hustle and grind. No, that's garbage. There's no glory in struggle, right? For me, there's no glory in struggle. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was the I was the lead speaker at a seminar one time, and I was the only non grind guru hustle whore in in this seminar, <laughs> right? And 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 all the rest of them, like you know, all the rest of them are like you know, sleep when you're dead and sacrifice and stress <laughs> and blah, blah. I was like, holy crap, you're teaching people how to kill themselves. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And one guy says, Mike, you know, he, he asked a great question. He said. It, you got a lot of people that that teach hustle and grind, and you've got some people that that are teaching. Hey, you know, find a find a a way to to have fun and enjoy the journey. And he said, "How do we make sense of that?" And I said, "Just one question: Are you having fun? That's it. 
ask yeah. myself, ask yourself, are you enjoying the journey? Like, have you learned to enjoy the challenges and obstacles? Have you enjoyed, have, are you learning how to, or are you embracing that you don't have to be eaten and consumed by stress in order to achieve success? And on my podcast, that, that's part of my intro, right? Success without the stress. The point is, is there's always a mindset. There's always a heart set. There's always some kind of little perception that we can shift and change to see this struggle, whatever struggle or resistance in a way that's serving us and not, not in the way and not, not, I guess, causing resistance towards our, um, our goal and the outcome that we're looking for. And all you need to do is take a step back and breathe and, in a, a way around over underneath you know, through that obstacle that doesn't require stress and struggle always shows up, Chris, always. Right. And, and here's one thing, you know, I have had a lot of unanswered prayers. Absolutely. All I wanted was a job. If I would have had it my way, I would have had a job right now. Right. I, I work with business owners around the world. I've got, you know, a, a life of my dreams, but if I would have had it my way, I would have had a job because sometimes the universe, life, God, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't answer our prayers. It doesn't give us what we want because it gives us what we deserve. Like, like I'm going to, I'm not going to answer your prayer because there's something better. You just have to learn how to receive it. So unanswered prayers are sometimes the best form of, of, you know, receiving what you want. Um, but we don't have to fight through that. We don't have to, I mean, challenges and struggles are just part of the human experience. We can either enjoy them or we can fight them. Yeah. That that's all true. Uh, when it comes to challenges and difficulties, I think it's worth mentioning because this is all important, like creating a healthy inner world. It's not about, not having any, like you said, challenges and problems in life. Um, I think there's a popular quote that goes that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And people tend to think that the teacher comes in the form of a, a person, a, a spiritual guru or a teacher. But more often than not, the teacher is actually a challenge, a problem, a situation. Mm. So I think that's a very important change in perspective. Because it's not about not having problems. It's about developing and having the inner resources in order to deal with those problems. And I really like how you shared how these problems help expand us, expand our space. And I think in more popular terms, it's like they grow your comfort zone. And like you said earlier, you get to a point where you're like, wow, like how did I even get here? Like you have this life that you are so joyful and excited about. Yeah, and you never would have gotten there had you not kept you know, growing and growing and expanding that zone of comfort. So I think that's very important for people to get. So, I, I mean, look, the difference between people that are living a conscious life and, a, and, and an unconscious life, if you look at those who are living an unconscious life, they're doing two things. They're trying to avoid pain and seek pleasure. That, that's it. That's a very unconscious life. They're, avoid pain and seek pleasure right? Avoid, uh, go to work at a job that you hate and do stuff that you hate and hate Mondays and celebrate Fridays all so that you can avoid seeing your bank account go down, 
avoiding pain, right? And then, you know, you'll, you'll take a job that you hate and the, a job that you don't love and you'll, or you'll run a business that you don't love and you'll do things that you hate so that you can have a couple weeks of vacation, you know, from that job or from that, that business. And the point being is uh, when you, when you live in a conscious life, you don't try to rearrange the world outside of you to, to, you don't depend on the world around you to rearrange the feelings and the thoughts that are inside of you. And sometimes feeling the fear is the greatest source of growth. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway is the way we grow that container and we grow our capacity, right? And these challenges and obstacles come so that we can be reminded of the fear or the worry or the doubt of the limiting beliefs of the of the resistance that we have locked inside of us that's keeping us from you know everything that we want. But you've got to feel the pain that's already inside of you so you can release it or resolve it or dissolve it or develop a healthier relationship with it. I, I I was molested when I was a child. And I grew up like my whole life. And one of the reasons I joined the Marine Corps, my whole life was about trying to, to be able to protect myself. Right. That the all I wanted was to physically be able to protect myself. And this is why I joined the Marine Corps. And this is why I continued like training afterwards. The point is, is no amount of training and no amount of physical skills were ever going to resolve and dissolve the pain that was inside of me. When someone is holding, and I'll take it to another dimension, because this is probably something that's more in tune with with most listeners, most people in the world. When someone is holding a poverty mindset, a poverty heart set, when somebody has a really poisonous relationship with money and feel like money is the source of their survival, there is no amount of money that will take away that fear. There is no no amount of money that will take away that pain. And this is why I've worked with seven, eight, nine figure earners, right? Or net net worth uh, folks that wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night because you can't put a band-aid over cancer expect the, the, the cancer to heal if you put money over top of a poverty mindset all you do is shift from i don't have enough to oh my god i lose it all Be- because the fear is still there so when we experience uh challenges and obstacles what's going to happen chris is it's going to expose all of our limitations and all our limiting beliefs and all the worries doubts fears all the all the beliefs all the the relationship disconnects that we have with the external world it's going to it's going to like expose these things and that's when we get to throw down and master our body and master our mind when you master your mind and body when you master the mental the mental process right when you mental the emo- master the emotional process then you can start to live but you're like most people think they're living, but all they're really trying to do is avoid death. They're trying to avoid dying. They're not really living because they're trying to avoid pain and feel pleasure. And that's not living. That's just trying not to die. I think it speaks to our primitive brain, our fear mind, as they call it. Uh, When we're living, you know, it's a survival. It's not really thriving and yeah i think that's so good and 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 look we're we're humans we're always going to have fear there's always going to be fear you're no fearless is is an illusion fearless is 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 a lie right 
every single human being walking this planet has a limbic brain, right? And to your point, has an amygdala that that triggers fight and flight response. Some people have learned how to work with that, and some people are still fighting it and believe it, believe the the false danger signals that you're constantly getting. The, the the premature uh like survival impulses that we receive about the day some people are still living like they're real and they're trying to avoid them they're trying to rearrange again rearrange their external world to try to make those feelings go away and they're not going away but the masters the people that have really mastered their life mastered their mind and their body they recognize that when these involuntary impulse danger signals come the very next thought can be one that's empowering and it can be voluntary not involuntary and you learn how to take recognize that signal and then use it for your benefit instead of trying to solve a problem that you really don't have because let's be honest the mind creates more problems than it solves and the mind doesn't love having anything to do the mind always loves to have stuff to do so much that it creates problems that it then wants to solve so mm. you can't master life by solving every problem that pops into your mind. You'll end up in a, just a hospital. Right. Yeah. So just to bring back to the original concept of people living unconsciously and consciously, I think for many people, this concept of consciousness might sound a little bit alien. Like, can you elaborate on, or maybe to make this practical for our viewers and listeners, Give us a little bit of advice on how people can live more consciously and rise above unconscious behaviors and thoughts and feelings. All right. So I'm going to throw out a couple a couple concepts here. So let's build on 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 something. There's four voices in your mind at any given time. Okay. One of four, two of four, four of four, whatever. But but there's four voices that that are that run in, in our mind. And the first is the voice of insecurity, right? Ins insecurity is the fear of loss. That's all it is. Okay. So insecurity is the fear of loss. You're a fear. You're, you're scared of losing your family. You're scared of losing your job. You're scared of losing your business, scared of losing money, scared of losing fear, fear of loss. Okay, cool. Pretty simple. Inadequacy. So it's the fear that you're not good enough. It's the fear that you can't. It's the fear that it's not available to you. It's the fear that no matter how hard I try, it can't, it's not possible for me. Okay. Inadequacy. I'm not good enough. Okay. You can look on LinkedIn every once in a while, check LinkedIn and just look at those people with 5,000 initials after their name, right? That is a form of, of inadequacy. It's like when I get the next degree, when I get the next certificate, then, then I'll finally have arrived. It's like, you're just delaying feeling adequate. Okay. So that's number two. So, and then number three is insignificance. It's that I don't matter. And these People who feel insignificant are the target of religions around the world, okay? Because they're trying, they're trying to feel significant through somebody else, a god, a doctrine, a dogma. But anyway, and I was raised in very poisonous religious uh, culture with that said that I was unworthy by the mere fact that I was born, okay? And somebody died for my for, for me because I'm a sinful human being and they had to die for me, right? So anyway, the point is insignificance is, is basically a story that we don't matter, okay? And sometimes these run around in our mind, right? I We put people on pedestals. That's a form of insignificance. We 
put self less make ourselves mentally less than somebody else, emotional less than somebody else, or sacrifice ourselves from for somebody else's well-being. These are all forms of insignificance. Okay. So let's recap. Insecurity, the fear of loss, inadequacy, the fear that I'm not good enough, can't, right? And insignificance that I don't matter. That in the grand scheme of things, the world would be the same without me, or maybe even better. Okay. Fair? If we're living in th those three voices, we stand a chance. And those three voices scream regularly, right? We make decisions in our business. And if this business, if this, or we make decisions, if this decision goes wrong, I'm going to lose everything. Uh, I'm going to be proven that I'm, I'm not a good business owner. I'm going to be a failure, whatever. These, these three voices scream in our head. And when we, and I would say 98, 99% of the population of the world, 8 billion people, went around being controlled by insecurity and adequacy and insignificance. And this is why we sign up for a life that we can't stand. This is why we do things that we, we say yes when we want to say no, and we say no when we want to say yes. The only, the only other voice, and which is often drowned out by those three, is inspiration. Inside of you, buried deep inside of you, once, you, once you're able to recognize the voice of, of insecurity and nasty insignificance, and you're able to create enough space to listen to that, that soul's scream inside of you that knows exactly why you're here, that knows exactly what you're here to accomplish, that knows exactly here, how you're here to serve, that knows exactly the mission for your life. Once you listen to that voice, and then stop paying attention to insecurity, inadequacy, and insignificance. That's when you'll get to live the life that you were always intended to live and one that you'll get excited to win to. But you have to, you must let the fear of insecurity, inadequacy, and insignificance go. They'll keep you small. They'll keep you stuck. And basically, they'll keep you white knuckling through life all the way up until you die. Right, yeah. avoiding uncertainty, avoiding risk, avoiding feeling fear, to see, uh, avoiding avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. Those are all because of the voice of insecurity and adequacy and insignificance. Does this make sense? This this is how we get clear about the life that we're here to live. And when when you when you step into that path, it's like it's like every single day is just an adventure in in awesomeness. Yeah, I love that an adventure into awesomeness. Yeah, look, look, I, I my favorite thing to do in the world is is speaking. The thing that's the the most prevalent fear on the planet is <laughs> public speaking, right? Yeah. And and that's my favorite thing to do. And I, my favorite is being in front of hundreds of people and inspiring them and and encouraging them to step out of this life of fear and listen, we're all going to die. What do you, what, like, you don't stand a chance. You're going to die, but most people aren't living. They're just trying not to die. That's it. And I love being up in front of people and I love having them see my passion and my energy and my enthusiasm and, and, and like everything comes with just like ignoring insecurity, inadequacy, and insignificance. And the fact of the matter is when I was a kid, I was told that I talked too much I talked too loud. I was too intense that, that I had to shut up and sit in a corner and be quiet like all the rest of the kids. And I was never, ever meant to be quiet, Chris, because we're typically trained out of our gifts and talents.
And if I show them my gifts and talents and I tell them that story, maybe they'll find that for themselves. Most likely, if you don't feel talented, it's because whatever your talent was, was there when you were a child and you were told that it was a burden in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, for some people, especially during childhood, when they start expressing their unique gift or tapping into those unique quirks, even they do not get the necessary support in order for them to keep moving in that direction, to nurture that gift and to to honor, really, that universal gift. So I think it's it's beautiful that you mentioned that because more often than not, this becomes prevalent during, during childhood. I think as children, we know what we want, but then the, the, the adults in our life kind of like question us, question the possibilities. You know, as children, we're possibility thinkers. We, you know, there's no limit to our imagination. And I really like how you mentioned inspiration. I love that mm-hmm. word because if you break down, it just means, you know, inspire, in spirit. The spirit within, and sure. Spirit within. And I like how you mentioned, you know, those three voices and how when you focus on the inspiration, you naturally just as a side effect, silence, if you know, you, you may not be able to completely eliminate those unhelpful uh, inner talk, but at least you minimize them. And this just speaks to the concept of what you focus on expands. You know, if yeah. you focus your attention on the loving part of yourself, the the spirit, you can, however you want to articulate it, God, the universe, the cosmic mind, if you just focus on that, then those fearful voices, those part of our psyche, the ego mind, tends to just fade away. So I really like that. What, what voice you uh, you pay attention to when you give time it really, it really matters. And, and when you, when you succumb and everybody has insecure, inadequate and, or insignificant thoughts. So I I don't, I'm not trying to give the impression that those will ever go away, but Mm -hmm. can you witness them, recognize Mm -hmm. them and let them go and choose again, those will come involuntarily. Okay. Those will pop up. There'll be involuntary thoughts. When you see that involuntary thought, can you shift it to an inspirational thought voluntarily and control your mind instead of letting your mind be be the master and you you you're you're the soul in control instead of the slave to the mind, right? But yeah. I mean, the, the again, the the mind loves to loves to create problems that don't exist because the mind loves to solve those problems. Yeah. And that even speaks to the society's addiction to stimulation. I think so many people just cannot allow their minds to be bored. I think when people start feeling boredom, it's a very uncomfortable feeling and they immediately reach out for the nearest distraction. They can't sit with their mind. It's too loud. It's too noisy. And yeah, and you know, one of the things that comes to mind when you think about inner dialogue that are are not supportive, like one of the ways you may deal with them is like, look at it as a lens of like you mind trying to protect you from something. So if it's like giving you thoughts of inad- inadequacy or insufficiency, like questioning, okay, what is this protecting me from? Um, because, you know, just exploring 
what answers it gives you, I think provides a lot of insight. Uh, because more, that's just what the brain does, right? It wants to keep us alive, um, but more often than not, it, the mechanism for doing so is outdated and elite. Well, I think I think it's it it's important to understand the you know the evolution of the human mind as as we're born, right? From the ages of zero to seven, we're we're completely like unconscious, we're completely subconscious. And what that what I mean by that is, no matter what anybody tells you, you'll believe. Like Santa Claus, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, what, no matter what anyone tells you, you'll believe. And and because you love these people and you respect them and you want them to be right. So when they tell you, you know, that making money is hard, you believe them and what that you have to work hard for your money. When they tell you these things, they're basically programming you and you're receiving them like they're gifts, like they're and, and they think they're helping. Right. That They're just telling you how they perceive the world and you're receiving it and you're you're burying it in your subconscious. Right now you're living like this is true. So what happens is now, you know, I just turned 50. Um, what these involuntary thoughts, I do this exercise with people where I say, like, um, Say hello to yourself, right? Ready in your mind? So who who listened? Who listened to that 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 hello? Who said who who listened to it, Chris? You listened to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you said hello, you, you were the listener, right? Well, mm-hmm. who was the talker? You were. Cool, right? Got it. You were the talker and you were the listener. That was a voluntary thought. You literally voluntarily said hello and you voluntarily listened to hello. So when you have involuntary thoughts, who's talking? Mm. I, I would challenge you. It's not you. Mm, I love that. It's yeah. those people that were in your ear from zero to seven. Those are the people you're hearing through those involuntary thoughts. It's not you. Yeah. It's making money's hard. You can't do that. You can't do that. What are they going to think of you, right? You're, you're going to get judged. They're going to think less of you. You're, all you're hearing are those people that you loved and trusted from the ages of zero to seven. M- m- you're, we're going to lose everything. Oh, my God. Money's – what if you lose your job? You, you know, they're all going to laugh at you, whatever. Whatever they, whatever those, those involuntary thoughts are saying, those were your programming from zero to seven. But those people loved you, and they, and they wanted you to succeed. And they were, they were, they thought they were giving you gifts, but they gave you very painful beliefs. And inside of those beliefs are fear. So this is why it's important to understand that involuntarily, involuntary thoughts, it's not you, it's not you talking. It is you listening. And you can be the listener and the chooser of something different. And every time you listen and choose something different, you let a little bit of that involuntary voice go that was programmed in your subconscious mind. And it quiets over time. It gets less loud and less frequent over the course of time. Will, it all, will they go away? No, they won't. But you will be able to, to take control and harness the power of your mind instead of succumb to like its fear and its worry and its doubt and its limitation. I love that. Thanks for shedding light on where so much of our internal dialogue comes from. Like a lot of people can might wonder, you know, why do I have these thoughts and inner chatter in my mind that's not supportive? And it's it's nice to acknowledge that, yeah, a lot of that does come from early childhood where the brain is so receptive to suggestion 
And, you know, I think in some people were articulated as like, those are remnants of the authoritative figures in our lives, whether that's our parents or teachers. Um, so yeah, it's really nice that you mentioned that. Yeah. Pastors, yeah. um, you know, any anyone who had influence in your mind, right? Mm. Any anyone who you trusted as a child, and and look, well, I, I went to I went to religious school. My parents sent me to religious school, so I, I mean th- that was an act of like love in my mind. And when I was a child, and they're sending me to this person, so I should trust this dude, th- th- this teacher who told me I was lazy. Now suddenly, I believe this teacher who told me I'm lazy because my parents sent me to the school and I'm supposed to trust this teacher. This teacher is 40, 50, 60 years old, and they're an authority uh, authority figure. They're, they're a leader. I should trust them. And if they tell me I'm lazy, then now I've got a story running in my subconscious that I'm lazy whole life. And anytime I'm not working, it's reinforcing the story that I'm lazy. Not and I, I can never take a break. I can never rest. I can I can never sit still because when when that happens, I hear this voice that says, you're lazy. And that's like sister freaking Greta or whatever, you know, that I, I mean, this is, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. we have these voices in our head. They were programmed and given given to us by other people. And they're not true. Right. They're not true at all. I I was. In fourth grade, I almost I almost failed fourth grade. And and like I was a good student up to that point. But but you know, there was a some stuff that was happening in my home and it was a little bit of drama. And I was in fourth grade and I got put in the gifted and talented class. And suddenly I'm my, my mind, I'm at school and I'm starting to pay attention. I'm starting to think about what's happening at home and all the trauma and shit that's happening at home. And I'm not really paying attention to the, you know, to the gifted and talented content that that you know, and it was a lot of memorization and even today i'm not a good memorizer of of like useless information like i'll remember everything that's interesting to me but useless information i am not a good memorizer so i remember having a list of 50 50 doctor words right now this is fourth grade 50 doctor words and they were like oncologist uh optometrist and in fourth grade, I would have been nine years old and they gave us a list of 50 and we had to memorize all the doctor names and what they do, like what they're, they're a doctor of, man, I I might've gotten two of them. Right. And I I like, I kicked out of the gift in a talented class. Meanwhile, my, I'm, I'm like, I'm paying attention to what's happening at home and all the shit that's happening at home. I'm not really engaged in, in memorizing 50 doctors because I don't give a shit. And I get kicked out of gifted and talented class. And I was told I wasn't a good student and I sucked and I was stupid. And I, I carried this story that I'm stupid for years and I'm not stupid. I just only care about what I'm really interested in. That's it. That's, the, that's why I'm a great entrepreneur. Because I'm interested in entrepreneurism. I don't care what doctors' names are. I don't care. So yeah. I, was a, I was a lousy high school student. I was a great college student because when I'm interested in something, then I'll get everything I got. And I, can, I, have, I have a gift for remembering things that, that light my soul on fire. So it's important that we understand the stories that are that are buried in our subconscious. And those stories likely came from people that you trusted that maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah, that's so true. And it speaks to our own need 
it's like we're called to do this inner work because what makes this tricky is that yes they are embedded in the subconscious mind and so if you are not tuned in if you're not if you have not developed a certain level of self-awareness or you're not practiced in the areas of consciousness it just unconsciously runs your life these programs and sometimes we don't even know why you think a certain way or why you attract certain people or circumstances in your life but it's there's this invisible script that is running in the background so it's important to you know do the work and uncover those remnants of the past and make peace with them you know and let go of them let them know that you know you've served your time it's <laughs> it's time to go <laughs> well just like we just like we said at the beginning of the podcast when you hold the feeling of inner wealth you attract opportunities and experiences that reinforce that feeling inside of you right remember we talked about that well when you feel broken inside when you feel insignificant inside when you feel stupid guess what you'll attract into your life yeah experiences opportunities people that will reinforce those stories like that life doesn't care what stories you're carrying around it wants to help you like see how they're true and you get to pick your stories right but the, to your point you got to sit your ass down and you got to pay attention i, I like i like to say you got to think about what you think about right because if you don't take time to think about what you think about and you don't understand the default mechanisms within your mind and within your body, you're not going to under the baseline circumstances, the baseline state of consciousness that, that you sit in on a regular basis. You're not going to understand why you got there and how you got there. And you're not going to not, not going to understand how to let that shit go to the next level. And there's always a next level. That's why nobody arrives. Everybody's carrying baggage everybody's carrying garbage. It's just, are you taking time to take inventory of the garbage and starting to let it go so that you can opt up, right? And, and live a lighter, freer, more joyful lifestyle. We have challenges. We have obstacles. We all have down days, no Pollyanna. But the point is, is do your down days last three weeks or do your down days last one day? Yeah, less than one day even. So I think it, it's worth mentioning too. You know, because you mentioned about how other people can almost superimpose their own beliefs into our own lives. I think it's worth mentioning that at us as human beings, like we need to be more impeccable with our words, mm. with how we mm. talk to other people, how we encourage, how we affirm the good in them. Your words have power. And, you know, for some people who are not yet that self-aware, it tends to invade their their psyche without them even knowing it. Like, of course, for someone who is more self-aware, they can choose not to accept. They can choose to just drop it on the floor and not accept anything that's not supportive uh, to them. But for a lot of people, they accept it, you know, and they believe. So if you have any children in your lives, like, be sure to affirm their goodness and yeah. see their gifts. And, and, yeah, and affirm your goodness. And affirm your goodness. So I, my, my, I, now I've got an 18 year old daughter. Um, I got an 18 and 20 year old daughter, but th my 18 year old daughter was in the kitchen the other day and I walked into the kitchen. Her name's Megan. I said, I said, Megan, do you know what I love about me? And, and she looked at me with that 18 year old, you know, you're stupid, but 
I said, do you, do you know what, do you know what I love about me? And she said, what? I said, I love hard. Like I love, and I'm getting emotional. I love really hard. I do. I love like unconditionally and I'm, I'm all in and I love hard the people in my circle and, oh my gosh. But what I did in that moment was tell her it's a really okay to admire yourself and it's really okay to love yourself and appreciate yourself. And I just finished up just this weekend. We had a, um, a, a couple of times a year I do a, uh, I do a workshop. It's called the inner game of wealth intensive. And I had everybody line up in columns of two and just literally they stood across from, from somebody and they just talked about all the things they loved about themselves for about five minutes. And they couldn't repeat like the things that they couldn't repeat. They had to come up with new stuff. And like, we did it for a prolonged period of time. Like, no, keep going, keep going. You're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to force you to find five minutes worth of stuff that you absolutely adore about yourself. And everybody did that. And it's for, for most people, it's the most uncomfortable friggin' experience, but this is how you start to fall in love with yourself. And this is how you start to build, in, you know, in intense inner wealth is by realizing that, that you are admirable. You are respectable, respectable. You are lovable. You are worthy. You are deserving. And you can have a high level of self-respect and get out of bed knowing that you belong in the world is better because you're here. And if you don't feel that, we got some work to do because the world needs all of us. And the world is better the more conscious people show up in a high state of wealth and success and happiness and service mission-based to give that freaking that thing you've always wanted. It's most likely the thing that you want to give away and that you're, you're gifted at giving away to. I really love that. So to our viewers and listeners, you know, to make this practical for you, and I want this show and podcast to be practical. That's one exercise that you can try out, you know, sit down for, and for three to five minutes, write down things that you admire about yourself or even yeah. look at the mirror and there you, know, you go like when we look in the mirror we're always oh, we're very self-critical we look at the things that we don't like about ourselves and we don't give ourselves permission to admire ourselves and to love on ourselves and i think this just speaks to some people being taught that saying good things about yourself is egoic or narcissistic. And, you know, I would like to clarify that that's not humility. That's false humility. That's right. Also really own up to your gifts and your strengths. It really is such a, because I'm kind of that way too. Like when I do something amazing, like I really affirm it. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm awesome. I'm smart. And more people need to do that. Like, and, you know, for a lot of people, this is hard because that's, again, the default of the brain. The brain has a mechanism called the negativity bias. So it's always focused on what we lack. It's always focused on, you know, the qualities that we don't have and the things that we didn't achieve. It doesn't give us a moment to just appreciate who we are, you know, as God made manifest, the, the, the light that we are, the infinite abundance and, you know, an aspect of... Yeah the ever abundant universe. So I really well, love well, that you well the mind the mind does have a negativity bias until we until we train it to not. Okay. And mm. what I mean by that is there's a here's a great book. It's it's called uh The Big Leap. L-E-A-P, The Big Leap by a fellow named Gay Hendricks. And mm. you're calibrated 
for the whatever, like take an inventory of the amount of wealth, success, and happiness that you have in your life right now. You are literally calibrated in your mind and body for those levels. So yeah. when whatever levels of everything you have in your life, you created them. That's because of who you are. Your being created those. And you can sit and reprogram who you are at any given time. Doctor, this is Dr. Joe Dispenberg. This is, I mean, this is this isn't new con these aren't new concepts, right? Mm -hmm. These are uh, think and grow rich, the science of getting rich. Uh, as a man thinketh, they all say the same thing. They're basically saying recalibrate your mind and body to feel what you want to feel, and that'll create a new attraction point for what you want to experience. Okay. But your body and your mind created the circumstances that you have right now, and your body and mind, as it's wired right now, is not going to create a higher level. And what happens is if we start to experience a higher level, and we're not prepared for it, we'll self-sabotage it and we'll get us ourselves back down into a, into a lower state. And that's how we stay stuck. So when you literally sit on a couch and or a bed, floor, it doesn't matter what, and you flood your body with dopamine, <laughs> like on purpose, when you flood your body with love hormones and love feelings and feelings of wealth and feelings of success. And you literally visualize and you feel all these emotions in your body. You are literally rewiring your body to receive, accept, and set in those new states of consciousness. So we go out in the world to try and we, we make, you know, we, we scurry around like, like busy business owners to try to make more money. And meanwhile, like we, the most important work we have to do every day is spend 20 minutes, half an hour, and just sit on a couch or sit somewhere, flood your body with the feelings that you're looking for. Then when you go and do that work, you'll see that it's a lot more effective. And it's a lot, there's a lot more effortless effort that you have to expend to get the results you want because you're raising the, you're elevating the level of your consciousness and the level of your consciousness is what attracts all the circumstances into your life. Set on the couch, set somewhere, do something for 20 minutes a day. See the see what you want in your mind. Allow yourself to feel like you already have it. This isn't new stuff. I didn't make this up, right? I'm a student of all this stuff just like you guys are. See that you, what you want, feel like you already have it. Allow yourself to set in, in those emotions, in that emotional state for a prolonged period of time. And you'll see your entire, and do this every day, you'll see your entire life shift before your very eye because you're changing your attraction point and your attraction point, your state of consciousness, your baseline state of consciousness is what attracts everything into your life. When you feel shitty about yourself, you're going to attract more shitty circumstances. When you feel awesome about yourself, you're going to attract more awesome circumstances. You're never, ever, ever a victim. You're only attracting who you are and, and who you are becoming. That is so good. Yeah. And you guys, so Mike just clarified that there. It's not about just positive thinking and shooting it on those feelings. There's another yeah. aspect of taking action. But anything we do is infused with the energy with which we do it. So if we can tune in on those wealth feelings, those feelings of wealth and abundance and success and joy and bliss, those high frequency feelings, when we take action, we will come from that place and the action That's is right. more effective. 
Yeah, I really love uh, that. Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza says, and, and I love this. I'm going to a Dispenza workshop next week, by the way, um, advanced workshop. It's awesome. I'm, I'm excited. But he says, if you get up from a meditation as the same person who sat down, you're missing the whole point. Like mm-hmm. the point of meditation is to change your emotional state, to change what's like who you are at the mental and emotional level to elevate your consciousness in that meditation. When you get up the same person that you've sat down, then you're going to create from the same state of awareness, from the same state of consciousness. But when you sit down in a meditation and you flood your body with goodness and you flood your body with love and you flood your body with wealth and you flood your body with success, then you're wait, you're getting back up from that meditation, another level of consciousness. And you're going to attract from that point. One time I was in, and I've got a mastermind and, and one of my students, he wanted to make more money, right? It's like, they always come to me for money and then they stay for the joy, right? The point is he wanted to make more money. And I, I, I just asked him this question. I said, Hey, are you willing to, 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 to feel wealth right now? Are you willing to allow yourself to feel wealthy? And he said, no. I said, why not? He says, because I'm not wealthy. That would be like lying to myself. I said, you're missing, you're missing a point. You're, you're feeling poor, so you keep attracting that into your life. See, that thing that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, it's true. But it's not about geopolitics, and it's not about the economic cycles, and it's not about market conditions, and it's not about talent, skills, degrees. It's not, it's not about any of that. It's about wealth consciousness. Yes. The poor get poorer. Because poverty mindset, poverty heart set attracts poverty circumstances. Wealth mindset, wealth heart set, a healthy relationship with money attracts money. So the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. If you're poor and you're getting poor, don't blame it on the rich. Blame it on yourself. You're never a victim. You're only a victim of your own level of consciousness. And nobody created you that way. That was wisdom right there. And I know you said like this is existing information. Like people have heard about these things, but how you put your maybe unique spin on this and how you articulated it in with your own style and your own unique blend of experience just makes it more digestible. I think was like just listening to my heart and my, I was just smiling like very widely because you know, I've been gaining a lot of insights from what you shared, and it really speaks to your expertise. So thank you so much for sharing all that. So, Mike, as we get to the conclusion of the episode, um, can you share a little bit about how our viewers and listeners can connect with you if they want to connect or learn more about you, work that you do? Well, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the time that you spent and, and you're a great host and you're a great interviewer. It was, it was like just having a cool discussion, right? So um, I have a, first of all, I have a podcast and it's available on all the major platforms and it's titled lead, love, profit, play. And each one of those words has a period after because they're equally important. Lead, 
love, profit, play. So go listen to some episodes. Most of the episodes are just me jamming for 20, 25 minutes on a concept. And I also have a couple cool interviews on there as well. Um, but on, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, you can call them mind nuggets or whatever you want to call them, but just a little bit, a little bit of intensity to get you, get you up and, and, and jumping in the, in the morning. But, uh, my website is innerwealthglobal.com innerwealthglobal.com and innerwealth global is my company. It's my mission. It's my passion. It's my purpose. Uh, it, we have one simple mission to make the world a more loving place. That's it. We, uh, I help people fall absolutely head over heels in love with themselves, and and I help them feel wealth and I feel success and and feel joy and feel happiness and create create lives that that they could have never dreamed of uh, at at lower states of consciousness. But you've got to be willing to feel things that are foreign, that are distant, that are uh, out of reach mentally but they're right there in your heart. You can have them whenever you want. Uh, innerwealthglobal.com. I've got trainings and, and interactive, free interactive workshops, and I've got a mastermind and and uh, we have retreats and it's really cool stuff. But I, I serve the world to make the world a more loving place. And I do that by helping business owners resolve internal conflicts and create more pro- internal and external prosperity. If, uh, you know, if anybody's ready to jam, I'm ready to jam with them. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much. I I went, you know, to this call and, and I do these interviews. I really come at the, this as a student and and trying to learn from the experts. And I have learned so much from you. And I'm coming out of this call feeling so inspired and ready to try the things that you share during this episode and some things that I might have already known on an intellectual level, sure. but. For a lot of people, there needs to be that emotional tipping point where, or like that aha or insight or breakthrough where you're like, oh my gosh, I kind of like get it. Okay. And it, sometimes it just takes someone articulating it a certain way. Certain so, way. which is why, you know, we do this uh, podcast and, and get people on. So, thank you so much for your time, your energy, you know, the consciousness that you brought to this call. You shared so much and you laid it all out there. It was so much value. I feel this can help so many people in those areas um, in their life or business. So thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me, Chris. Hey, Go-Getter. Want to know a quick way to boost your motivation and productivity? Three words. Crystal clear goals. I have a guide for it. It's called Goalbook, your guide to crystal clear goals. Head on over to chrisacebo.com slash goalbook and grab your free copy now.